You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Greetings, music lovers. Thanks for checking out Modern Musicology. I am author and drummer Alan Seiler. Let me introduce you to DJ and journalist Rob Levy. Hey. And singer, songwriter, and fellow drummer Stephanie Seymour. Hello, everybody. And this week we have got a super fun topic for you, one that I've been wanting to do for like a year now. So I finally got it on the schedule. We're going to be talking about our favorite and maybe least favorite. Beatles covers. And to help us out with that topic, we're joined by a couple of very good friends of mine. This is Veronica Daschle and Charles Kelso from the Monkeying Around podcast. Hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the show, my friends. How are you? Fantastic. Yeah, we're doing pretty well. Let's start off by telling people what Monkeying Around is and how long it has been a thing. So, Monkeying Around is a podcast about the monkeys. <laughs> what? And, and no. <laughs> monkeys, a monkeys adjacent sometimes as well. But we we've talked about like the cruises we've been on, the concerts we've been to. We've gone through several episodes. We've gone through a whole bunch of the albums. We we did the movie Head recently as well. We've interviewed several members of Mickey's band that he travels with, and we have a special guest. That we just interviewed. So, if you are a fan of any of the books about the monkeys, look for that. Yeah, we've recorded it now, so we can just say it's Andrew Sandoval, okay, who yeah. has been the monkeys' <laughs> manager, touring manager, producer, archivist. He's like one of the most foremost experts on the monkeys in the world. And he and Mickey just recently released Mickey's new book, which is fantastic. So, wow. yeah, we're thrilled to have Andrew Sandoval on. And along the way, we've also talked to a lot of monkeys fans. Uh, some who mm-hmm. were first generation fans watching, you know, when they were kids in the 60s, all the way up to, you know, 20 year olds who have, you know, uh, TikTok accounts about the monkeys, <laughs> which, which is fun. It's it's fun awesome. to just that that fan experience across the decades and finding out what keeps pe- bringing people back and, and it keeps it going. Yeah. But you are also big Beatles fans. True. Of course. Yes. Who's I not? mean, you're not here to talk about monkeys songs. We're... <laughs> no, <laughs> but we kind of will. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you might. So where does your love for the monkeys come from? And you, you, you're both pretty much fans of anything 60s. Well, I grew up in the 80s when 60s stuff was all over the place on TV, oldies radio. That was really my thing. And then really, we, we really reconnected with the monkeys music in 2016 at the 50th anniversary when they released Good Times. It's not their last studio album, but it sort of is. And it was a fantastic album. And it really reconnected me with that music that I used to listen to on oldies radio when I was a kid. And yeah, we we're big enthusiasts for anything 1960s. Very nice. All right, well, let's get into our topic. The Beatles is arguably the most important rock band of all time, but like most rock groups, they started out as a cover band. And even once they got into their recording career, many of the early hits were cover songs. And then years later, they have become the most covered band in history. And you can find covers of Beatles songs in every genre, rock, pop, country, prog, folk, bluegrass, zydeco, Reggae, jazz, gospel, opera, string quartet, everything. You can find them anywhere. Even the one that you would think had never been covered, Revolution Number 9, actually has been quite a few times. So this week, we are going to be talking about some of our favorite covers of Beatles songs. Now, first, I want to know from each one of you, when you're you're talking about cover songs, what do you like about cover songs? What turns you off about cover songs? Beatles covers is a particular subject because people get very picky about yeah. about what happens in with a Beatles song. So tell me your reaction to when you hear a cover of a Beatles song, what makes you like it or not like it? I'll just say that I, you know, I'm pretty pro cover <laughs> in general. And I, I like when a cover song 
stays sort of true to the song, but someone puts their own specific twist on it. I, yeah. I don't like when somebody's like, don't change the melody on me, please. You know, don't make it like this. Other, <laughs> yeah. Just go write a new song if you're going to do that. That's my opinion, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I, I so I think most of the things I like, they're not like straightforward, you know, rote covers, but with a, with a, with a nice twist. I'm yeah. pretty much right there with you, Stephanie. I I like when they put their own twist to things, but you can still hear clearly hear the song, and it's not like yeah. just a completely new song with the same words. But then I also really like when they do it like note for note, straight up. And I'll be talking about a little bit that when we get into the specific covers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have one example of that too that I do oh. like. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's an artist that I just really like, I prefer that someone put a new twist on it. You know, it's kind of like, you remember that, that Psycho remake they did in the 90s that was a, basically a shot-for-shot shot remake oh, yeah. of Psycho? There was like a whole rash of those things where they did shot-by-shot shot remake. Just watch the original. I could just watch Psycho. Exactly. You know, <laughs> so unless it's an artist that I just particularly like, I don't want to hear Joe Bob singing the same arrangement on a Paul McCartney song. I could just listen to Paul McCartney. I like Paul McCartney. So, <laughs> right. like I said, unless it's an artist I just really enjoy listening to, I might listen to hear them sing it. Otherwise, yeah, I'd love what an artist takes it, especially an artist from a different genre. Mm -hmm. takes it and reimagines it in their yes. thing. Yeah, I don't mind it if it's, you know, note for note, if it sounds good. I just don't like him to get, like, overly inventive or overly weird with it. Mm -hmm. And I also don't want it to be an obvious money grab, because sometimes they'll do a lot of these, you know, an artist will mm -hmm. do these, like, compilations where, like, oh, we're doing, you know, songs by Third Eye Blind, and it's like, you're just doing it to get on this compilation, and it's garbage. Or it's a band you've never heard of for, like, 10 or 15 years, like Gem Records always does these compilation artists now for be, for people. They just did one for Ray Davies and stuff. And those have a lot of interesting artists doing interesting takes on the songs. But sometimes you'll just get a major label and it's a clearly it's a band that's on that label. <laughs> so they were asked to do it, but they have no sort of understanding of the artists like, you know, legacy or roots or influences. So I want to be able to hear the artist song in there, but I also want to hear the influences of the artist as well, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I want it to sort of live in the same skin. But sometimes it can go too far because there was a there was a tribute album to Fleetwood Mac that came out 10 or whatever years ago, and it was just awful because people <laughs> would reimagine a song to the point yeah. where it was almost unrecognizable. Yeah. You know, if you're going to cover dreams, just you know, right. you can do interesting things with it, but if you if you change it to the point where it just doesn't even sound like it's, mm -hmm. then then I don't I don't really want to hear that. Yeah, I think we're all on the same page then. Yeah, I think so. All right, favorite Beatles covers. Who wants to kick it off? I'm going to say Chuck and Veronica should go ahead. Yeah, I'll go first. Mickey Dolenz, he does some great covers, not only of the Beatles, but he's a lot of his most recent stuff has been purely covers. And I love the way that he takes the song and you can clearly hear the song, but it changes it so much. And you're like, oh, this is Mickey's song, but yes. it's also this song. And it's it's fantastic. A lot of his Beatles ones were from Mickey Dolenz, Put You to Sleep. And so like Thanks. Fool on a Hill, Good Night, Blackbird. Some of those mm -hmm. Mickey has done amazingly well. I, I, he's, he's my favorite. He would have been my favorite if I were born in the sixties, <laughs> he would have been the one that I had a crush on. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the crazy goofy one, go figure. I'll, I'll lead off with the mamas and the papas from their debut album. They did. Yeah. I call your name and it's fantastic. I mean, it it's is. very, it very much sounds like, like if you didn't know the Beatles somehow, it just sounds like the mamas and the papas. Um, yes, I think this is such a, a great rendition of that. And I mean, the, because the Mamas and the Papas bring such a different energy to it than what the Beatles do. You know, I, that's such a great one. That's such a great pick. I didn't even think about that song, but that's so perfect. Yeah, it was actually on my list. Huh. I think it's so wonderful. And that yeah. whole first album of theirs is just an, amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the, when you're talking about a Beatles cover that you can recognize it as a Beatles song, but it sounds like the group that's performing it. Man, they are spot on. Right. Yeah. I think m one of my all-time favorites is Elton John's Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Mm. Because that also, it, it is such an outrageous, you know, like, wild version of that song. But it's also, you obviously know it's Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. And as a matter of fact, I believe John Lennon, yeah, John Lennon does play gu lead guitar and, and does backing vocals on that too. So, But that's actually from a very weird document 
yeah, it was a musical documentary called All This and World War II. It got really <laughs> panned in the theaters, and but the the song went like number one in the states and in Canada. So yeah, so that's one of my faves. What about you, Rob? Well, there's a couple. I am very partial to the Susie and the Banshees cover of Dear Prudence. Dear, okay, checking that, that off my possibly, list. Possibly <laughs> my favorite. Yeah. Beatles cover ever. It's amazing. And their version of Helter Skelter is good too. There's also David Bowie across the universe, which is fantastic. And since Anthony's not here, I will mention Sparks. Yeah. Um, I want to hold your hand, which sounds still like a Sparks record, but it's the Beatles. It's so crazy, that version. It is. It's so different from the original. Yeah. Like if you first put it on, you wouldn't recognize that they're going into a Beatles song. Yeah, and during the whole Summer of Love thing in 89 and the early 90s, with all the stuff coming out of Manchester and the Hacienda, Candy Flip did a cover of Strawberry Fields Forever. Mm -hmm. This really mm -hmm. sort of like tripped out thing with these rolling drums, and they put a schoolie D beat in it and some other interesting things with that. So Nice. Well, you know what? I feel like if we're talking about covers of Beatles songs, I feel like we have got to mention that awful soundtrack. The Sergeant Pepper soundtrack <laughs> with the Bee Gees and <laughs> Frampton, the one that almost, you know, ruined Frampton's career. Yeah. And but there's some really interesting stuff on there. Now, most of it's not that great, but there's some cool stuff on there, like Aerosmith's version of Come Together. If I hear the Beatles come together on the, the car radio when I'm driving somewhere, I sing it like Steven Tyler. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't sound like Steven Tyler, but in my head, it sounds great, you know? <laughs> But I think of the way that he did and because it's it's so embedded in my head. Steve Martin has a really weird cover of Maxwell Silver Hammer, huh. which is kind of spoken word, but it's in sort of like this demented kind of like thing. And it's like is very creepy. Alice Cooper does a version of Because and his is a spoken word also. And he does it like his horror movie kind of character that he would pull out on things like on some of his earlier songs. And it's, it's so creepy. It's so weird. And I really, really love it. Billy Preston, who of course, you know, played yeah. on the originals, but does a cover of get back slamming. <laughs> it's so good. And, you know, and it's one of those that is, it's, hundred percent a Beatles song, but it sounds like Billy Preston yeah. and it should, because he's the one who played all the keyboard parts on those songs, you know, but the highlight of the album and the thing that I think is the best cover of a Beatles song ever made is earth, wind and fire. Gotta get you into my life. God yeah. darn. That's so good. It is so good. It sounds like earth, wind and fire, but it's recognizable because they do a lot of arrangement changes with the harmonies and the vocal parts. And, yeah. and it's so, so good. So that gets my vote as best one ever. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to say best one ever, there's there, it's so hard to pick. Cause there's a couple that are so top notch. Like I think Stevie wonders we can work it out kind of fits at the top there too. Yep. You know, yep. from signed, sealed and delivered. There's just, it's almost like, I don't know which one I like better, the original version or his version. Mm, now you're in blasphemy territory. I know. Sorry. <laughs> no there's only there's very few of that. And I think right. like Stevie Wonder it could be. Well, the Marvin Gaye cover of Yesterday is also fantastic yeah. too. Yeah. All right. Just like cover bands in general, the Fab Four is like they call themselves the ultimate Beatles tribute band, which is completely and totally true. They they did they were like the body doubles for their rock band and they they tour as the Beatles, basically, and they did their own version of a Beatles Christmas album called mm. Hark, and they took Beatles songs and Christmas songs and smushed them together, and they are amazing. One of my favorites is Hark, the Herald Angels Sing, which is basically Hark, the Herald Angels Sing and Help, smushed together, <laughs> and it's nice. so, so amazing. They have- That genius. Uh, it, it was it is genius it is amazing it's like one of our christmas songs that we just automatically go to then another one was winter wonderland which they mashed with honey don't which was written by carl perkins but i know the beatles kind of made it. it famous yeah. and then they also did rudolph the red-nosed reindeer i saw her standing there 
<laughs> and those are two of my favorite. I mean, Rudolph is one of my favorite Christmas songs to sing. And I saw her standing there as one of my favorite songs to dance to. So smushing <laughs> the two together, it was like a little Christmas magic. Yeah, that we have it on vinyl as well. That's on our regular rotation yes. in Christmas time. Yes. I should have mentioned, I meant to mention at the beginning of the episode that there will be a Spotify playlist that goes along with this episode so that you can hear everything that we talk about. Now you'll know why there are Christmas songs in the middle of the playlist. <laughs> 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 well, I'll throw one out there from the 60s again. There's a band called The Free Design, which their debut album from 1967 was called Kites Are Fun. And The Free Design were sort of sunshine pop, Baroque pop. But they did a version of Michelle on their debut album. And actually, oh, they, wow. that album was reissued for Record Store Day in 2017 for the 50th anniversary. It's fantastic. And mm -hmm. their version of Michelle is well worth listening to. Interesting. It's cool. Michelle is one of my least favorite Beatles oh, songs. Give, give this one a spin. Yeah, and there are a couple of covers that are, are dubious. But I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to hearing this one. Rob, you'd mentioned Susie's version of Helter Skelter, which is totally weird and and dark and <laughs> creepy which I, but it's great but my favorite helter skelter cover is pat benatar she does it on precious time from 1981 and it i've always loved this i think i i might have because i was so young when i heard that nah i was gonna say that might have been the first time i heard helter skelter you know before the beatles but it definitely yeah. what it's like the version that i think of when i think of helter skelter you know it, it's kind of automatically comes into my brain and Neil is so great on that on the guitar. I mean, he's yes. kicking ass on that. And she, she, it's kind of a true cover, but she also puts obviously her own like flourishes on it. And it's, I love mm -hmm. it. You know, Helter Skelter is interesting because it frequently gets cited as being sort of the origin of heavy metal music because it's the heaviest song the Beatles ever did. And the guitar styling in it is so like, and because of that, a lot of different kinds of bands, but particularly metal bands, have covered that song. Mm, like yes. U2 did it. Not that they're a metal band, but Motley Crue Motley did Crew. it. And I don't think any of them are as good as Pat Benatar's. Yeah, Pat Benatar's mm. kicks ass. It's, I mean, she just nailed it. I mean, yeah. the band was just firing on all cylinders on that track. And I really think that they just hit it perfectly. Me too. Good. We're in agreement. Yay. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> The Nina Simone cover of Here Comes the Sun is fantastic. The Sonic Youth cover of With You Without You is also good. It's nice and noisy and clunky. And then the Daniel Dax cover of Tomorrow Never Knows, which was kind of like her pop period because she was sort of a goth kind of dark wave, I guess the kids would call it now, artist. And she just sort of jumped aboard that Summer of Love thing and mm -hmm. did a kind of a trippy cover of Tomorrow Never Dies, or Tomorrow Never Knows. It's interesting. Yeah. We suddenly jumped into Bond things. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm old. It's interesting, too, for me hearing different voices do the Beatles, other, like cross-gender. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. Those are a lot of my favorite ones. The Regina Spector cover of my While My Guitar Gently Weeps is great. And then there's a couple things that, that sort of go backwards, like Fats Domino covered two Beatles songs, and Fats Domino was a huge influence on the Beatles, because mm. he does a cover of Lady Madonna and Lovely Rita. Little Richard does a cover of the Beatles later on, too. So does Elvis, right? So all these bands and artists that, inter that uh, influenced the Beatles turn around and cover the Beatles, yeah. which I think is also incredibly fascinating. Yeah. That Nina Simone cover is absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, Here Comes the Sun, I, I, you know, I've mentioned before, I think is the greatest pop song ever written. <laughs> and, you know, kudos to George on that one. But her cover of it is so different and it's so amazing. Mm -hmm. God, I love it so much. Yeah. Like, if people have never heard that, I can't wait for you to pull up the playlist and, and, and hear it because it's just incredible. Yeah. And also taking this sort of in fringe territory, not in the late 80s and 90s, there was a ton of artists sampling Beatles records. Asen, this band called Asen, did a thing called Close Your Eyes. It samples Here Comes the Sun. It's got these big, heavy, rolling techno drums, and it just, the bottom drops out, and you just hear the, you know, 12-second sample of Here Comes the Sun and it's Harrison, and then it goes right back into it. <laughs> but it kind of it kind of works, especially like four in the morning if you can't remember where the hell you are. <laughs> and also the KLF slash Justified Inches of Moo from 1987, where they sampled All You Need Is Love. By, and basically, it's these 
you know, it's Bill Drummond and Jimmy Cotty rapping in Scottish brogue, <laughs> and they've got Beatles and monkeys and ABBA samples and un, and stuff underneath them. They subsequently got sued and had to destroy the record, and that's a whole story in and of itself. But it was very clever how they used the Beatles samples with that in in sort of the tapestry of, of all of that too. So that's, mm. those are a couple more fringy Beatle adjacent cover things. Nice. At the beginning of the episode, I was talking about how, you know, you can find Beatles covers in every genre. I kind of want to highlight some country covers. Two of them I just got introduced to a few weeks ago and I like sent them to Charles and I'm like, oh my God, have you ever heard these before? And he's like, I haven't, but they're amazing. Alison Krauss has a really great cover of I Will. Dwight Yoakam has what I think is a really nice cover of Things We Said Today. But the two that I found just a couple of weeks ago, and I sent them to Charles and I'm like, I'm, I'm putting these in our episode. One of them is Willie Nelson doing a cover of the one after 909. It is so great. Huh. I mean, yeah. it I is. Hear that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of those early Beatles songs kind of translate really easily mm-hmm. into a country setting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that one after 909 is super successful. But the other one is Roseanne Cash doing I Don't Want to Spoil the Party. And it is incredible. Yeah, it sounds like a Roseanne Cash song. It sounds like the Beatles, but it sounds like the Beatles doing a very old school, traditional country jangle kind of song. And it is wonderful. I absolutely love it. And I'm so glad I discovered those things. It was just a I was listening to Sirius XM, I guess, on the Beatles channel. And they were doing a special about covers or something and played those two songs. And I'm like, holy shit, these are great. They they did a good job on on the Beatles channel. Anything Beatles related. Yeah. And they get some good covers out there. They've had some of Mickey Dolan's covers on there as well. Yeah, I'm sure. So the Johnny Cash cover of In My Life is pretty fantastic. It sort of ends this whole new weight to it, sort of in the same way that Hurt did. But that's also really good because he recorded it later in life. So it's, it's an interesting thing to hear somebody of his age singing that song with the reflective sort of tone and nature to it and his voice and the fact that it's really slowed down. Yeah, Ringo said he cried like when he heard it. So... I guess that's if you if you do that, then I guess you're you're doing something right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, as long as they're tears of joy. I'm not really sure Ringo worries about It's <laughs> hilarious. Can I mention some live things? Some live covers sure. that, that, that I think that are that are spectacular. I'm just gonna quickly mention the 2004 rock hall induction ceremony where, where oh they're doing God. like a, yeah and they're doing like a tribute to george harrison so it was prince steve winwood jeff lynn tom petty danny harrison and i don't know if you if you remember seeing that but i remember clearly watching that live and prince's solo at like starting in the middle like to the end mm-hmm. of that song is so spectacular that you know, you can just actually right before he gets up to, you know, kind of works his way to the front of the stage to start doing his solo. You can see Danny just smiling because he knows what's coming, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so perfect. And it starts very simply yes. and it builds and builds and builds. And it is, oh my God, it's spectacular. And then he throws the guitar and you don't know, like, the, we don't see where it goes, but I'm sure like the audience saw where it went, but we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a stage hand caught it. Yeah. <laughs> So I, that's just amazing. There was also something that Keith Urban did at a CMA festival in 2010. He did with a little help from my friends, but he did it like the Joe Cocker version of mm. that cover, mm-hmm. which I love also. But I was I couldn't believe that was Keith Urban. I was like, what? Because I didn't know that dude could sing and play guitar like he does. And I oh just feel like... Keith Urban, I've said this before on this podcast, Keith Urban should do other people's songs. <laughs> Amazing. The last live thing I want to mention is is very obscure. And it's, I have an old acquaintance and she's an actress. Her name is Mary Birdsong. I know her because I used to, we used to do Loser's Lounge shows in New York, which were themed like cover tributes so w- there was a George Harrison tribute and she did I was standing on the side of the stage because we were going to go on next I think and she did I Me Mine and it was so outrageously amazing her voice was so crazy good and she just she killed it she nailed it we're going to put a link to it you have to listen to it it's on 
My Sweet Loser, Loser's Lounge, Volume 11. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's also the same, the same show that Bob and I covered, Handle with Care, by, you know, the Traveling Wilburys on. So we'll put a link to that, too. <laughs> Absolutely. I can't wait for people to Oh, Mary Birdsong, though. Mary Birdsong just nailed I Me Mine. And she did it like, you know, her own version, but it's true to the song. And it's just great. Yeah. So if we're going to continue talking about covers and something like super mainstream across the universe did a whole bunch of a lot of them were pretty pretty well close to the original but some of them were just amazingly different my favorites are the ones that are more true to the <laughs> to the original <laughs> you're talking it, about across the universe as a musical the, film correct the movie, the, yeah. yes the, the the movie sorry yes not the song. Well, the song as well, but that was kind of like at the end of rolling credits right. type of thing. <laughs> but I remember seeing the commercial with that song and them just running across the bowling alley and jumping across things. And I was like, oh, I need to see that. <laughs> and at that time, I wasn't as much into the Beatles and 60s as I am now. But the way that they took those songs and used them to tell an entire mm -hmm. story was just so amazing. And some of the way they changed some of the songs to suit the story better were just perfect. I mean, I love I Get By With A Little Help From My Friends. It's not my favorite Beatles song, but it's my favorite. It was my favorite Beatles song before I really got into the Beatles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's changed a couple of times as I've, as I've learned more Beatles songs. And then I Just Seen A Face, which is what they used for the preview and i mean jim sturgis like almost anything he sings on there he's he's amazing yeah the interesting thing about that film is it's about young people throughout the 1960s and it makes the beatles song sort of the soundtrack of their lives which was true for a lot of young people mm -hmm. living through the 60s and in fact just piggyback off what off yours ronica mm -hmm. their version of if i fell uh, which mm -hmm. Evan Rachel Wood sings in the song and it really recontextualizes it and just fits so well in that story because she's playing a young woman who's her, her high school boyfriend joined the army in you know 1963 or something. So you're watching the film and you're like, uh oh, and so of course, you know, he doesn't come back. And so she's falling in love again with Jim Sturgis, who's the main character. And it just, you know, that she's been she's fell in love before and she love is more than just holding hands. And it, it really gives it a different power as a part of that story. And I think that some of those songs work really effectively in mm -hmm. that. It gets a little trippy towards the end. If you like trippy, you know, feel a little that in there too. Mr. Kite right. is in there. <laughs> mm. For no reason at all. Doesn't need to be needed, but right. yeah, it's great. <laughs> and I want to throw one in as well. That's, this is really more, it's like kitsch value. It's something a 19, sort of a product of the 1960s that a lot of folks don't even know about today. But I mean, there were a lot of older artists who got usurped by the whole British invasion and the advent of rock and roll and tried to keep up and tried to jump on the bandwagon and try to stay relevant. You know, Frank and Bing both did it. But the one I was going to mention is that Mae West did an album in 1966 yep. called Way Out West, which I'm amazed that none of her songs have ended up on a Tarantino soundtrack because they would be perfect <laughs> for that. But she did a version of Day Tripper. And I don't think you'll be able to add this to your Spotify playlist because I don't think it's available on Spotify, but you can find it yeah. on YouTube and places like that. Uh, and you can also find sealed vinyls out there. I have one of those. But she also just, as to throw it in, she did a, a she did a version of Treat and Right, which is probably my favorite song off that record. It's like the lead track on the record. But yeah, check out Mae West's Way Out West. It's really a... It's a product. She, she was old school Hollywood, and it's a it's a time when older people were trying to figure out now what do we do because yeah, every, right. the entire industry has gone yeah. towards rock and roll, and these yeah. traditional pop artists and your traditional artists were trying to figure it out, and it's just it's a really interesting artifact at that time. Yeah, piggybacking off of that too, Tiny Tim in 1968 mm. did probably the most frightening cover of Nowhere Man <laughs> anyone has has ever heard, but it's also like. It's like the plane crash you can't turn away from. <laughs> it's fantastic. The same can also be said, and it's a little different, but Liberace's version of Yesterday is also fantastic. So if you ever can find that, because there's two versions. There's one where he actually just plays on the piano, and there's another one where he sings it. So there is a certain like late 60s, early 70s kitsch to the Beatles. We're like, mm. it's not just the has-been people, but it's like sort of like, the, like every every lounge, like, I guess we'd call them AM rock star in the world is doing it. You know, you've got Tiny Tim, you've got Liberace, you've got, you know, Paul Anka, Neil Diamond does a Beatles medley, you know, at some point. 
Well, you said before, but Elvis, he's got such so many. There's so many great versions of something. You know, when he was mm-hmm. playing that, like in this in the Vegas shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Rob, I just want to. You know, you you were talking about some instrumentals and stuff before, and then some older artists, but. I'm surprised, well, maybe you have it on your list, that you didn't talk about Buddy Rich covering Norwegian Wood. Oh, That's yeah. on there. That is on there. Okay. Because oh. that's so good. I mean, his, his, it's so swingy. It's so, the sax solo in there is so kick-ass. And it's just, so, what a version. I think it's amazing. Yeah. And I have the West Montgomery cover of A Day in the Life on there as well. Mm. The Buddy Rich only works if... He's using drumsticks made of Norwegian wood. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of instrumentals, and this is going to kick off into my, I want to talk about some of the soul covers that I really love. And one of them is Booker T and the MGs did an entire cover of the Abbey Road album. Mm. And the album is called Macklemore Avenue. And the the album cover recreates Abbey Road, where the band is walking across Macklemore Avenue at an intersection, of course. But it is unbelievably cool. It is they they literally cover it not in the same song order. They kind of switch things up and make medleys out of some things, and then cover the entire side two medley in one piece. Mm. But it is unbelievable. It is so great. But for soul covers, Rob already mentioned the Nina Simone "Here Comes the Sun," which. My God, it's so good. It has to be mentioned twice. Tina Turner did a great version of Help, which turns it into like this mournful, gospel-y kind of thing, which, you know, the, the original song is is wonderful, but hers sounds like it's a cry for help. It yeah. sounds desperate. It sounds like, yeah. like her soul is kind of like reaching out and it just blows me away every time I hear it. Otis Redding did a, an amazing cover of Day Tripper. And I got two other, you know, I mentioned Come Together earlier because of Aerosmith, but I got two more. One of them is Michael Jackson. It is not a song that you would ever think Michael Jackson would cover <laughs> because especially lyrically, it's so bizarre. And, but he does, it's a really interesting cover. I mean, it's, it, it takes some getting used to, but it's good. And then a few years ago, 2019, I think it was, Sheila E. put out a new album called Iconic Message for America. And it's some original stuff, but some covers too. And she does a really, really beautiful version of Blackbird. But the opening track is Come Together, which she records with yeah. the revolution and with Ringo Starr playing drums on it. Hmm. And it is just incredible. The other interesting thing, too, is, you know, I continue outside of doing Come Together, they did something and they did a cover, God, 72 or 73 of Let It Be. That's also really great. Are you saying Tina? did you say? Yeah. Yeah. They, they did. did. A, and, and they did Get Back, which is insane also. Yeah. yeah. But their live sets usually had one or two Beatles mm-hmm. songs in them. So they did. There's a recording on one of their live albums of them doing with a little help from my friends. That is like Tina just wails mm-hmm. and it's fantastic. It's just pure gold. And the, the Four Tops also did a cover of Michelle. That's great too. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one. It's a, it's it's okay. I, I <laughs> like you. It's not my favorite Beatles song, but I think that that works really well as an arrangement for, yeah. for you know, for soul. Yeah. And Aretha Franklin did a couple of Beatles covers too that, yeah. are, that are great too. So, well, speaking of the Beatles sort of inundating the culture in the 60s, because Veronica and I are puppeteers, so I got to throw this out there <laughs> that Jim Henson and Frank Oz did a version of Octopus's Garden on Sesame Street in 60s. Yes. Yes. Um, <sighs> which of all Beatles songs translates perfectly to yes. Sesame Street? And the Muppets have done, or Sesame Street, I think, has done a few versions of Octopus's Garden, but that's the one that's sort of the thing. I don't think you'll be able to add this to your Spotify playlist. Sorry, I keep <laughs> I didn't Spotify clear my list before we started. It's okay. It's okay. It's so, already going to be a long list. There's, there's not even be something we can't put on. One of the ones I wanted to add was when I was like probably 12 or 13, I had found this cassette tape of the Sounds of Nature Beale songs. And I don't know who did it. I found another person that seemed similar. And I was like, though, that looks like the cover that I remember having, but it was not the same. They It was just nature sounds with a very light piano in the background just t- to have the melody there. But the nature sounds carried through the music. And I remember 
listening to yesterday specifically on there. And for our youth group meditation, I played that. And the adult that was required to be in the room <laughs> was like, is that yesterday by the Beatles? So I was like, mm-hmm. so but that entire album was was really great and i have no idea who who did it but it was it was fantastic i'm also partial to the the dead kennedys cover back in the ussr which is just fantastic (laughs) and then i don't think steph's going to remember this Mm -hmm. but i went to see steph in 1990 when she was working at the big fancy record label office and she had gotten an advance of the breeders pod album uh-huh. And we we both listened. The first time I heard Happiness is a Warm Gun by the Breeders, I was sitting in your office. Oh, cool. Which I know you probably don't remember. I don't remember that this time, no. This time with the little people. <laughs> Someone mentioned Blackbird earlier. Was, mm-hmm. and, and, and there was a great cover by Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Of that yeah. Song. Oh, it's yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. That they actually, they were like, oh, that's perfect for our three-part harmonies, you know. That's on the box set, the the CSN box set, too. But I think that that cover that they did of it is yeah. from, like, 69. You know, they put it out right then. I'd forgotten about that one. I'm glad you brought that yeah, one up. Yeah, that's such a beautiful one. And, Rob, you mentioned Happiness is a Warm Gun. Have you? I'm sure you've heard Tori Amos's version yes. of that. The 10-minute Tori yeah. Amos Happiness is a warm gun. In a minute, <laughs> I know. Well, which she did, which she did live a couple times, and was yeah. like, "Oh my god, get this over with!" <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but the Regina Spector Beatles cover is so much better than the Tori Amos cover because so she just sort of gets the sensibilities of it more, and it's less sort of well, overwhelming. I have two friends that are going to disagree strongly with you on that. I don't think I don't <laughs> think the Tori is is about the sensibilities of it. I think Tori turns it into. <laughs> It's a song that uses interview clips and news bites yeah. and things like that, talking about Lennon's assassination and gun violence. And mm-hmm. I think it's an yeah. absolutely extraordinary example mm-hmm. of taking an existing song and recontextualizing it mm-hmm. into something that has a whole different meaning, you know? Mm. Uh, the couple of other ones that are really, I mean, hers, that's, it's kind of a wacko song. Let's just say that. Yeah. But there's a couple of other ones that I want to mention that are equally or surpassingly bur- bizarre. See if, see if one you're of going them, where I'm going to go. Go ahead. Maybe. Uh, Echo and the Bunnymen? There's two. There's All You Need Is Love and Ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride is so interesting. Yeah. It, it, sounds, it doesn't sound too far afield from the original, but The Flaming Lips... Yep. And Tegan and Sarah do a interesting, very electronic, very airy, very weird version of Lovely Rita. It's mm. so great. <laughs> yeah. It's and not they, one I've listened to often, but it is it's interesting to hear at least once. And they teamed up with Molly Cyrus to do Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Mm-hmm. It's also just bizarrely weird as well. Yeah. The Echo and the Bunnyman version of All You Need Is Love actually isn't bad. It's it's not particularly great, but it's not terrible. But I think it's interesting. And Echo will usually do one or two Beatles songs sort of throw in. Now he's in this thing where he's throwing in parts of the Beatles with parts of Satellite of Love and stuff into other songs. So that's kind of what they're they're doing the riffs now. Yeah. I guess we should talk about the elephant in the room. Which is, you know, the very first time I heard the Thompson Twins cover of Revolution. That's true. I didn't think about that one. I was like, this does not fit anything they're doing. What the hell is this? But over time, I've kind of learned to have like a begrudged fondness for it if I don't hear it very often. Just because it's so outside of their comfort zone. Yeah. I, I feel like Tom doesn't sing that song very well. No, I know it's it's definitely the musicianship of it more than the vocals. They should have picked a different song. His his but, vocals are very, especially on the higher part of the of the melody in the verse, it's very flat. And it just drives me bananas. And he does not have a big range. No, that's to true, too. With. That's true. Yeah. On the other side, though, the Paul Weller cover of Sexy Sadie really works in giving it sort of a new texture, as does the Brian Ferry of cover of You Won't See Me, which I think is also fantastic. Mm. Veronica, you were talking about artists that cover the the song to a T, like, you know, straight. And one example that I had was the B-52s doing Paperback yeah. Writer. <gasps> what? I've never yeah. heard this. Really? Oh, yeah, it's great. It's pretty much straight straight up a cover, you know, like, of, I don't think they changed it up too much. Obviously, they sound like the B-52s, but <laughs> I, I like that because I like their 
that's one thing that I like that's really a stray cover, I believe. Mm. You, so you, is it just the girls? Uh, yeah. Because if Fred's on it, it's going to sound very different. No, nah, I don't think it's just the girls. Yeah, yeah. Paperback writer. No. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. I have got to find that. Yeah, it's great. We, we, we talked about like comparing them to you know, the originals. How different is it? How same is it? There's a few artists out there who are going back and finding like Beatles demos and incomplete songs that they're noodling around with and things like that and doing covers of those. Mm. So I think there, there's a couple artists out right, right now who are doing some really good stuff. Uh, there's a group called Apple Jam. I don't know if you guys ever heard Apple Jam. They, they released a, just recently a, a single of Now and Then, which they were able to get out a few weeks before the Beatles version came out. Oh, cool. Um, wow. But, but they've got an album called Off the White Album. And like, for instance, they've got a song on there, their version of what's the new Mary Jane, which is there's like a like a six minute version of it, like a, a demo that it was basically like John and Yoko messing around. They did their version of it, which is more like three and a half minutes or whatever. Fantastic. <laughs> That's a really novel idea. I know. Yeah. And, and I mean, they'll get as specific as doing they did a single. Well, they'll do a, a, a song if the Beatles had done it in 64 versus 67 versus 70 and emulating that style, which is just really interesting to listen to. And their musicianship is fantastic but then there's another group called elvis orbison and they've got an ongoing project where they're going back through the nagra tapes and like when the when the beatles were making the album that eventually became get back and they're basically in the studio for weeks noodling every idea they had just noodling things and trying to work things and a lot of those songs were reworked into something else or ended mm -hmm. up on a solo album later some of them didn't some of them just sort of vanish but they've got a youtube project called almost beatles songs where they're going mm -hmm. through and sort of like detectives finding the pieces of these songs and then doing their covers of them. I mean, they've got two volumes of the album of albums out now called Almost Beatles Songs. Volume one, which is on Spotify and Bandcamp, and they have a deluxe vinyl out now. And then volume two is only available on Bandcamp. But volume two has probably my favorite song they've done, which is their version of Watching Rainbows, uh, which is available on YouTube as well. And it's fantastic. But if you want one that's actually on Spotify that you can put on the playlist, their yes. version of Thingamabob, a.k.a. Marine, off of <laughs> Almost Beatles Songs Volume 1 is okay. really good. And if you go over to their YouTube, they have this interesting story behind it. So it's, it's interesting to watch them sort of piece together these different elements and sort of, like I said, like detectives trying to put together what the song might have been if it was completed and then doing their version of it, which isn't always terribly Beatlesy because they're not Beatles cover artists, but they, it's just really interesting to see. I mean, the stuff that the Beatles threw in the trash a lot of times is better mm -hmm. than some other artists' songs. So it's interesting to see <laughs> Very true. what Very an artist true. can take and do with that. And it's just fantastic. And it's almost like hearing a Beatles song that, you know, it's like hearing a cover of a Beatles song that never happened. That's such a cool idea. And speaking of hearing a Beatles song that never happened yesterday, the movie. No, where I was the like, Beatles... no, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. <laughs> where basically the Beatles never existed and only a, apparently a couple people remember them. But one of them was a singer songwriter and mm -hmm. most of his were straight up. But the mm -hmm. album people were like, no, we have to make some of these like hardcore. And there was a rock and roll version of, I don't remember the song name, but it was did, really hilarious. He did like a harder, harder version of Help. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you, I know you really liked that movie. And I, I, did I not. really enjoyed the movie. <laughs> I, I really liked it. Okay. I'm sorry you didn't. Charles. You and Veronica <laughs> had me outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> but it was oh really interesting gosh. how they, then they didn't use the, the music to tell a story or anything, but he was basically attempting to remember all these Beatles songs because they didn't exist anymore. So he couldn't go back and look at the lyrics or the melodies. He was trying to just remember them as he could. So some of them didn't come out quite right. So it's mm -hmm. covers, but, and, and they're pretty well true, but not always completely. And instead of, Hey Jude, it's Hey Dude, because. Oh, that's right. I remember <laughs> from the commercial. Yeah. And, and he wanted to, he wanted to use Penny Lane and he's like, how am I going to write a song about Penny Lane when I've never mm -hmm. been there? And everybody knows I've never been there. And so he goes to England and goes to Penny Lane and, mm -hmm. you know, strawberry fields and exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then he could, then he could write the songs. Yes. <laughs> Quote unquote. Right. <laughs> Supposedly. <laughs> right. So Bob wanted me to mention a version of she's a woman by Jeff Beck, which is off oh, the yeah. blow by blow album. Because he says that Bob wanted me to just mention that he uses that talk box thing that like Peter Frampton mm -hmm. and Joe Walsh use in it, and I and I I went and listened to that song. It is actually a really cool cover. It's it's um, it's Jeff Jeff Beck. He's amazing, so it's great. But you right, know. yeah, it is really good. Yeah, 
I actually didn't put that on my list, but it was in my head when I was putting my list together. (laughs) And I was talking about like traditional pop artists who had tried to do the Beatles, their covers of Beatles songs in the 60s. And I know like bringing Frank had both done them and I, I didn't really care for those. But more recently, well... I still think 2005 is recently. Um, <laughs> Michael Boulé did Can't Buy mm-hmm. Me Love. And mm-hmm. it's great. It works. Mm. I, I wish that Frank had done something more like that back in the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, I mean, I, I don't know that I would consider Boulé jazz, but he's on the jazzier side, the big mm-hmm. band side. Ella Fitzgerald does an mm. amazing cover of Savoy Truffle. Okay. Which is not one of the obvious songs, you know, yeah. that's not one of the obvious things that you would think to cover, but man, her, her version is so great smoking. Yeah, actually too. And this also borders in the weird. I was surprised at how decent the Barry Manilow cover of, of uh, the long and winding road is. Oh, oh my, I haven't heard that. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> it kind of works. Yeah. I'm just saying. In the way that the Buble one works, it kind of also works. I would say that I would keep my record of having not ever heard it, but since I have to put together a Spotify <laughs> playlist, now I have to. I just wish this was a video so everyone can see the faces you guys have. <laughs> 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 huh? Veronica was very confused and doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> Maybe we'll put out a selection like a like a compilation of facial reactions to <laughs> suggestions <laughs> on our YouTube channel. Before we wrap it up, though, I wanted to give a shout out to an album that just came out this month from a band that I like called The Weaklings. And I think they started off doing Beatles covers early in the career, and they sort of evolved into more of a Beatles-inspired band doing their own original songs. But their most recent album called Raspberry Park that just came out in January 2024, they have two Beatles covers on there. I've just seen a face and she's leaving home. And it's uh, they're both very good. They, they always the do. Weaklings are awesome. They do a great job. And then they've got a, a song on there that features Peter Noon from Hermit's Hermits. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I don't want to spoil because it's a mashup of two 60s songs, but check it out. Wow, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, well, that sounds like a good place to cut it. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to throw in an ad from one of our fellow ESO Network shows. Spoiler alert, it's going to be the monkeying around ad. What? (laughs) (laughs) And we will be back in 30 seconds. So sit tight. We'll be right back. All right, monkeying around. Start talking. About your podcast. We talk about an Emmy-winning comedy series. We talk about a band who outsold the Beatles and the Stones in 1967. Still sticking to that story, huh? Well, if you know what's good for you, you'll change your tune. We talk about a groundbreaking multimedia project. Having five generations of artists and fans. All right, throw the book at them. This book is overdue. Monkeying around, a podcast about the monkeys. All right, we're back. So, Chuck and Veronica, thank you so much for joining us for this. This was a fun topic, and I'm glad that you were here to to help pitch in your ideas for us. Yeah, thank yeah. you for having us. Yeah. All right, so tell us a little bit about where people can find monkeying around, but also that is not the only thing that you're involved in. You That's, are no. as busy as I am, and you've got all kinds yeah. of things. So tell us where you can we can find all of your things. Monkeying Around, you can find it at monkeyingaround.com or on any podcast platform. Just search for Monkeying Around Podcast. But you can find us at feltnerdy.com or at feltnerdy on Facebook because we're, like I mentioned, we're puppeteers. And we're actually launching a new show if you're in the Atlanta area called The Felt Nerdy and Dirty Show, which is debuting at the Red Light Cafe on February 25th. It's mixing together some puppetry, some burlesque, some nerd humor. And if you're not in Atlanta area and you just like dirty puppet shows, uh, we're, we're working some stuff that's going to be going up on video sometime <laughs> soon. So you can follow Felt Nerdy on Facebook. That's sort of our, our main page with a more family-friendly stuff so we can pitch to libraries and things without getting blocked. But also, <laughs> if you follow the Felt Nerdy and Dirty show on Facebook, it's a new page that we just launched where it's going to have a little more of our more adult content. And now that we're, we've, we've been doing adult shows in addition to family-friendly shows for over 10 years now, but we're starting to promote those more and getting more stuff online to do with those. And also, Franca, you've got a page called Davo Woman. Yes. That's probably the dirtiest of the three pages. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, if you, you know, it's not safe for work. It may have. When we do puppets and burlesque. I'm the yeah. burlesque and Chuck yeah. is you, typically the puppets. It's a not safe for work page. Just naked puppets, naked people, that kind of thing. Yep. So, yeah, if you like a dirty puppet show, check out Felt Nerd. It's the Felt Nerdy and Dirty Show or Davo Woman. Or you can listen to our Star Trek podcast, which is called Earth Station Trek, which we do with Alan Seiler and our friend Johnson. And we go live on Thursday evenings talking about Star Trek. Just like it says in the name. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right, Rob, where's all your stuff to be found? 
You can find me on KDHX on Wednesday nights, hosting Juxtaposition from 7 to 9 Central. So maybe you're feeding your monkey or your chimpanzee and you can't listen to the show. That's okay because it's on the archive stream for two weeks and you can listen to it there. Mondays from 6 to 8 Greenwich Mean Time or uh, 12 to 2 Central, 1 to 3 Eastern. I host Antics on Louder Than War Radio. You can look for that. And then coming soon to The Face in Brooklyn, probably Mondays in the evening, Eastern time. I'm going to be hoping to get this all squared away soon, but a show called The Free Design for them. And named after a Stereolab song that is named after the band. Hey, I like that title. I knew that sounded familiar. Full circle. (laughs) So yeah, everything comes full circle. And then I'm also part of the Weekend Justice podcast as well. And then I've got a couple other things that I'll be announcing soon. All right. Like, because you need more things to do. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, never mind. <laughs> All right. Well, Stephanie? You can find me on Facebook at Stephanie Seymour Music. You can find me on Instagram at there underscore r underscore birds. And I also have a website called thereirebirds.com. And you can find me on Bandcamp under my name and then on all the streaming platforms like Spotify and stuff like that. Cool. Yeah. And I would love for people to go check out my website, CosmicCreative.com, K-O-Z-M-I-C Creative.com. And there are links there to all my podcasts, which includes Earth Station Trek, but also Doctor Who A to Z. If you're interested in Doctor Who, that's a great place to go as well as some books that I've written and published by other authors. So next week, do we know what we're doing next week? I don't think so. I don't think so. You should uh, do we want to do, <laughs> do we want to do immediate family next week? Oh yeah, we could do immediate family. That's great. Okay. All right. So join us next week when we are discussing the relatively new immediate family documentary. It's so good. And I can't so wait good. to get into it. But let us know what you thought of this episode. Let us know your favorite Beatles cover. You can email us at modernmusicology1 at gmail, or you can leave a note wherever you find one of our posts on Facebook or Twitter or Insta. Or, I mean, homing pigeons work. Just give us a pigeon. We'll, we'll find it. It'll get here. Um, Till next week. Everybody take care. Have a great week. Keep rocking on. See you soon. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.